now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Two thousand eight. The prequel trilogy is over, and millions of fans are left without Star Wars. Enter a brave group of Jedi led by Dave Filoni, who brought tales of the Jedi, clone armies, and Mandalorians to Cartoon Network, thus keeping hope alive in the galaxy. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi! Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. In this episode... With Echo recovered, Rex, the Bad Batch, and Anakin Skywalker look to fight their way off of, out of a separatist base. There will be... Wrecker throwing people! Tech is a podcaster in the making, and Echo can't go back to the way things were. We're talking on the wings of Kyrdax this week. How you doing, Chris? Not bad. That's good. I, I, you know, I had a super busy weekend, um... Well, I don't know. I don't know when you're putting it up, up on the podcast, so you might have already heard this. You might not have, but I did uh, DragonCon over the weekend, and I actually did a Clone Wars recap um, for DragonCon. So yeah, that was that was really fun. I got to see some of the people I paneled with last year. I got to see Melissa and Logan. Um, I got to talk with. I got to meet somebody I've been really wanting to meet for a while now. There's this great kid named Miles, and he is a trivia master. And he's, I think he, I think he's 12. Um, and his mom and his dad are super sweet. I've been, I'm, I'm Facebook friends and Twitter friends with his mom and his dad. And they're just the sweetest people. And Miles is on the panel, and he is just the smartest kid. Like, he's just, you know, we were talking Clone Wars, and he's a just like. A little precocious, is he? No, no, no. Just like generally incredibly smart, like with really thoughtful commentary. Like we were. No, on that's the that's that's precocious. That's precocious is good. Oh, that's true. I always, yeah, you're right. I always hear precocious as like a it negative term. Enthusiastic and intelligent at a young yeah. age, usually. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's well, in that case, he's very precocious. Precocious is a good thing, isn't it? I don't know. I've always heard it in a negative tone where where you have like snooty college professors that are like, well, aren't you just precocious? And I'm just like, fuck off, bitch. They're just jelly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, we would just be talking and Miles is just like, oh, here's a very thoughtful commentary on like the social structure of Clone Wars compared to our real world. And I was like, how are you 12? <laughs> So he was, it was so good to talk to him, and I got to see Miss Brandy, who runs the Star Wars track of Dragon Con, and it was it's always great to see her. And I met an awesome new guy named Colby, and he was the moderator, and he may or may not be interested in coming on the show. So yeah, I mean, it was really cool to be able to do Dragon Con virtually when I wasn't able to be there this weekend. Um, and I a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> lot cheaper but um so i sent a link the uh link i was about to say i sent link the chris i sent chris the link um so we'll see as are we putting it up on the show chris ripping the audio and putting it up as a podcast yeah i have no problem with that you know that cool i got i got two panels of from from of content from you i'm gonna exploit that 
So yeah, so you probably already heard it by now. They so probably that's already that heard it. They, already yeah, heard. they definitely already heard both of them by now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I had a really good Easy weekend. Easy editing session for Chris. <laughs> yes, and we get ahead again because we were only a few weeks ahead for a while there. So <laughs> now we leap ahead even more. I do want to announce that starting next week, for the next two weeks. We're going to have guests on the show, and I'm very excited about both guests both both of these weeks. Um, so for next week, I'll tell you who they are at the end of the show. So if, you're, if you you want to hear, hold out to the end, and we'll come back and we'll tell you. But yeah, the next two weeks, we're having guests on the show, too, which I'm super excited about. One is a show that we, me and Chris have both guested on twice. And the other show, probably by the time this comes out, I will be guesting on their show for four weeks. So we're just mixing all the guests together and doing stuff. I'm really psyched. I'm really tired already. (laughs) (laughs) I love having guests on the show, but I always have to do the outlines early. So I'm just like... If I do an act every night this week, I'll get it done in plenty of time and not be overwhelmed. <laughs> so I love having guests on, but I always get tired and I have to have them. So one of our guests next week is from New Zealand. So you get to hear a cool accent next week. Again. Again. Wait, again? They haven't been on our show yet. Oh, that's right. We've only been on their show. That's right. Yeah. We've I, been on- I swore we had them on our show. It's just because we've been. I'm getting used to being on their show. Oh my God, we gotta have them on our show more. I know. Too bad one of them just only started watching Rebels and just recently finished it. <laughs> we missed him on the Rebels, so. All right. Well, are you ready to talk about on the wings of Kyrdex? I am. What do you think of this one? Very wingy. Lots of wings. <laughs> this Full is actually. Wings. I'm about to say something, but it's not a bad thing. This is my least favorite episode of the season, but I yeah, don't mean that in a bad way. I'm agreeing with you too. Well, yeah, but I mean, just on a relative scale, yeah, this would be my, so far. You know, I'm I don't think there's any other ones that that are like this this one. I'll go into my reasons. Because here's the, the thing, like like the last two episodes of the Martez sister arcs, um, they are not my favorite either. But at least I have things to talk about. I don't really have much to talk about here. But I can at least talk about things for the two episodes in the Martez Sisters. So I'd rather have an episode that, while not my favorite, I can talk about it than to have a okay episode and have not much to say. I only have one thing in this episode that, that towards the end I'll talk about that I think is like... A weakness of it, you know, that I was like, ah, this this is a, like a complaint about this show. But otherwise, there's nothing really to complain about. But there's nothing so- really to write home about either, you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful, tw- uh, not even a 22-minute battle. This episode is like, I think, 17 minutes. No, it's like 16, 18 minutes long. It's 18 minutes long. It's not even a full 22 minutes. <laughs> oh, I, did, I didn't even notice that. It did seem to go by really fast. Yeah, it's a it's a short episode. Um, yeah. So, all right, you ready? Uh, I'm ready. <clears throat> on the wings of Kyrdex is the 124th episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. It aired on March 6, 2020, and it was written by Brent Friedman and Matt Mitchnovitz and directed by Bosco Ng. Oh, March 6, 2020. It was a better time. 
much nicer time earlier this year. It felt like it was five years ago. <laughs> Some extra information for you. The gliding D-wings are a unique variant of classic battle droids used by the Techno Union. A new flying variant of the Octutara droids, the big octopus-looking droids at the end, Octutara droids, makes its debut in this episode. The standard version was first, appe uh, first appeared in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. These ones fly! When performing all the clones, D. Bradley Baker assigns adjectives to make their personality and voice distinct in his mind while he's performing. His adjective for Rex is solid. But D. did something different with the Bad Batch. He didn't write adjectives. Instead, he gave them symbols. A circle with the dot is Echo because the circle echoed the dot. There's a jagged line for Wrecker because he likes to smash things. Tech has a single line because he's simple, direct, and linear. Hunter has a scoop shape around his lines to make a little cave because Hunter is like a cave animal and Crosshair had a cross or an X on it. And finally, in the Clone Wars download for this episode, first off, I have to address the summary. So when you're watching Clone Wars download, they have like a little summary of like, in this episode, Rex and the Bad Batch and stuff rescued Echo, but then the techno, like they have a summary right at the beginning. <sighs> In the summary for this episode, they flat out say that Echo has only been captured for a few months. Months! Months! I'm sorry, months? The Citadel episodes were in season three, and we're now in season seven. And then it dawned on me, I always forget how long the Clone Wars is. The Clone Wars is only supposed to be two to three years. But it just doesn't feel like a few months worth of stories has been crammed into like you know it feels like it's been four seasons and maybe years. maybe he had some sort of little adventure where he got you know rescued by the the somebody and nursed back to health and then the empire got a hold of him later as he tried to get a hold of his clone buddies or something you know and yeah it, and let's not mince words i'm not a soldier i don't know what war feels like so maybe two to Maybe months does feel like years. I mean, I, I can only imagine. Um, I, I can't. So I, I just always forget that the Clone Wars is only two to three years long in canon. And it just feels like all seven seasons worth of stories takes place. It, it feels like it should be longer than two to three years. Yeah, it, do, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't seem like a few months ago that the Citadel stories happened. But apparently it has. So anyway. Dave Filoni said in Clone Wars Downloads, um, part of what makes this arc's arc so interesting is watching the Bad Batch and the regular clones earn each other's respects. They all might be different, but they understand being on a team, fighting on the same side, and, in Filoni's words, blasting some droids. Dee Bradley Baker said it's actually easier to voice the Bad Batch and other clones because they are so unique from the others. Um, they also talked about the sound design of the Kyridax versus the D-Wing droids and how the sound design actually affected the visual design of the droids. Originally, the D-Wing droids flapped their little wings in the chase scene, but all those sounds muddled together with the Kyridax flapping their wings, and they couldn't tell what was flapping and where everybody was sound-wise in the action. So they changed the D-Wings to having gliders instead of flapping wings to fix this. And Chris... I know this is your thing. 
lighting designer Joel Aaron had a whole bit in Clone Wars Download about how they pick color schemes for separate episodes to help sell what time it is on an alien planet. And what they do is they paint time of day with shadows. And that's how they decide their color schemes is by painting time but with their color schemes. They show time with color. Depending on the alien planet. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what also makes sense? I don't know if it really makes sense, but... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good segue anymore. <laughs> Hi, Yoda. Mm-hmm. Time for platitudes. Platitudes? Are you having a good week? It's starting to get cooler. Is it getting, like, spooky and autumn on Dagobah? Oh, a question you have for Yoda? Mm-hmm. Not Rebels anymore. No. Well, Yoda doesn't have to answer any more questions. Mm. That's very true. So would you like to take on the two platitudes for this week? Mm, yes. The first one's my favorite, I must say. In war, there is no such thing as neutrality. In bed? And what's the other one? Survival is one step on the path to living in bed. I mean, that isn't that quarantine life surviving in bed? <laughs> that, I was just going to say, that's a different, yeah, that takes on a whole different feel to it. That just seems like you're just like hanging out in your room and, and throwing all your candy wrappers on the side of the bed. Like that is the most 2020 platitude I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Yoda. There he goes. Spooky dark side cave on Dagobah. All right. You ready? Act one. I'm ready. So we only got one more bad batch, right? So we only got one more, only one more double header for the platitudes. But it's, it's actually kind of nice because there are no platitudes for the last four episodes. That's so kind of nice. The first four had two. So it kind of, we still get 12 this season. Well, we got to see what we're going to do with Yoda. Honestly, when it comes to uh, that last season, or the last four episodes, we might just be like, Yoda, what are your thoughts? Or, <laughs> I don't know. Or we just, maybe we can break out the fortune cookies. I don't have any fortune cookies. I tossed I, all mine when we ended up not using fortune cookies for Rebels. I've got one, two, three... Four just sitting around on my desk. <laughs> hey, there we go. Yeah, because I, I had saved a bunch of fortune cookies because we weren't sure what we were going to do for Rebels. So I was like, well, let me hold on to these just in case. And when we ended up not doing fortune cookies for Rebels, I tossed them all. <laughs> so I don't have any fortune cookies anymore. <laughs> They'd be hella stale by now. Like, like really stale. <laughs> all right. Well, these are, just, uh, these are just the fortunes from the fortune cookie. Oh. Well, then what can you use those then for? Three of the four of them might work really well. One of what them. What you should do is you should pick them at random, and, and we can yes. see if it matches the episode. Yes. Okay. Can I do that? We have a plan. We have, we have a plan, everybody. Welcome to Jango the Jedi, where we make <laughs> plans on the spot, and then we'll forget about it next week. Behind the curtain. Behind the curtain, you see what fuck-ups we are? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I'm picking my nose. All right, act one. Act one. <clears throat> so a little recap. Rex, Anakin, and the Bad Batch are at the Techno Union City, led by rolling, standing up frogman Watt Tambor. They followed a trail to stop a Separatist algorithm, but it turns out it wasn't an algorithm. It was long lost, thought to be dead clone Echo from the Domino Squad. And in a Frankenstein-like laboratory, they pull Echo out of his prison. But there's a droid battle raging on outside, so let's get into it. On to this week. Anakin and the Bad Batch, minus Tech and Rex, because they're inside, are holding off droids, and Anakin hurries in to check on the two of them to see how they're coming along with Echo. And they're getting trapped in, and they need to get the heck and heck out of there. Tech is still working to disconnect Echo's brain from the computer without killing him. And Anakin, the best bro, looks at his bestest bro, Rex, to make sure his other bro, Echo, is okay. Echo is too weak to walk, and the last thing he remembers is the Citadel. And also, no one is coming to help them out with an extraction squad, because this, this mission was unsanctioned in the first place. So Anakin Skywalker is like, oh, so a normal Tuesday for us. Great. During all this, Hunter, Wrecker, and Crosshair get pushed back inside the room. They close and seal the doors, and they are now for sure trapped. Wat Tambor rolls up there with some of his cronies, who are too insignificant to name, so we'll call them Roller Frog 1 and Roller Frog 2. And I don't even think they talk this episode, so that doesn't even matter. And a shit ton more droids are coming in right behind them, and they are really running out of time fast. Wat Tambor brings out a thing called a Decimator, which is a fancy way of saying floating death ball. And it starts cutting through the door Hunter and Crosshair are working to actively seal. So they back up one more door and they work to seal it, it they work to seal that one too. This episode is a long ass battle and I literally have to fluff this whole thing to be like they fought and then they left. That's why this is so fluffy. Tech finally gets a uh, gets to pace <laughs> Tech finally gets to the place where he can unhook Echo from the computer. Echo struggles a moment, then looks up at Rex and cracks a joke. And Rex is like, My precious son is back! My son! And Anakin is like, This is really sweet and all, but can we get that out of here before we all die? But luckily, Echo's brain had been connected to the computers for years. I mean months, because it's only been months since the Citadel. And he knows that they can get out through the exhaust vents, through the cooling system. And luckily, he has a droid hand now, so Echo can even open the door for them. Just in time, too, because the floating death ball is about to cut through the door. So Wrecker, sweet boy Wrecker, just starts throwing clones at the ceiling and gets them up through the vent hole. And Anakin's like, nah, bro, you're not gonna throw me. I'm future Darth Vader. I'm just gonna jump up there with the Force. I got this. And he hops on up in there. Being the last one, Wrecker decides that he's gonna pull a Wreck-It Ralph cosplay on and throws Bomb at the room, because he's gonna wreck it! <laughs> Anytime I can do a Wreck-It Ralph voice, I'm just like, I'm gonna wreck it! I'm gonna do it with Wrecker. But oh no, the floating death ball is in the room and starts shocking everything. Anakin yanks Wrecker up, with, up out of there with the force, and they're all safely inside the vents before the death ball gets them. Death ball shuts down because there's not any organic life in the room, and Watt Tambor looks in and gets blown up by all of Wrecker's bombs, 
and Tambor is pissed. And he's all like, They took it! Techno Union property! They took it! And fuck you, Watt Tambor! Echo is not an it, he is a person, and he's also not your property. I am so glad, in three weeks, Innovator is gonna come and shank you on Mustafar, you slaver son of a bitch. You deserve it. What'd you think of Act 2? Or what, 1? What actor we want? <laughs> They're all the, they're all more or less the same, <laughs> but Act One, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, red, red and blue, gray are the colors of this one. Um, I just can't s- stop thinking of the name of the the planet as Skanko. Skako. Skanko. It's Skako. Okay, Skanko. whatever. I Skanko. thought I thought I was gonna lose a note because I was thought for sure that they were making a reference in here but if they were they didn't mention it the decimator is basically the killer ball sort of like the killer balls they have in it reminded me of this movie phantasm and its sequels i almost made a dr ball joke from robot chicken these had like these this they did all, as the movies went on they did all sorts of things including shooting sparks and shocks and lasers out of them but like in the first movie what they had were two spikes that would that would pop out of the ball and then spike onto somebody's head and then a little drill would come out and suck out your brains shoot them out the back of the ball little hose would you know a little tube would come out of the back of the ball like yeah empty out, empty out your brains it was um, I didn't note this. I almost did, but they were talking about how um, this room and the techno union technology, um, they pulled not only just from steampunk, but they also pulled a lot of kind of nods towards Flash Gordon's and Star Wars is based on Flash Gordon. Yeah, um, so well, I mean, the look is Flash Gordon's very steampunk, too. So, yeah. Like, and 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 yeah, Watt Tambor and the, those guys looked very steampunk in in episode three. So, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense that their yeah. whole world would be sort of like that, too. So they wanted to still have that Star Wars feel, but still make it kind of those nods towards Flash Gordon. So it, it was still just technically it was still different enough, but still had that Star Wars feel. I almost noted that and I didn't. I mean, Star Wars is so based on Flash Gordon anyway that, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they I mean, like a, a bunch of the movie adaptations of the Star Wars, the original Star Wars movies were drawn by a Flash, original Flash Gordon, illust, you know, illustrator. So, Hope has never seen Flash Gordon, so she has no idea how it's similar. Have you ever? You've never seen any? Have you? You've never seen the original or the no. remake or? We should do that for a commentary sometime. Oh dear God! I actually have done a commentary with I think it was either Dave Atterbury or Jonathan Kreitz of Flash Gordon. I made, and I and I and I made them watch it for they. I think it was Dave. It must have been Dave Atterbury. They'd never seen it before, and I'm like, well, we're gonna. We'll. Oh my God, no! Well, you have to watch. Oh my God, there's so many versions of Flash Gordon to watch. <laughs> if we watch Flash Gordon, I will let you choose the version. Oh. But geez. I wouldn't know where to start. Oh geez, yeah, I'll have to think about that. See, we ought to just do a special show sometime where we watch the the original serials, and and then we watch the re- the remake, the the '70s Dino De Laurentiis with the Queen soundtrack. <laughs> I think you would, oh you would love the remake. 
you would love the remake. And then there's the X-rated version called Flesh Gordon, which is actually very good too and is very um, faithful to the original, the original serials. I know we're gonna forget, but we were already kind of playing out our commentaries this year, so maybe that could be our commentaries for next year. <laughs> but yeah, I know right. we'll forget in the next year. <laughs> So fans, remind us. Keep us on this one, because we'll forget. We know us. Pull back the curtains. We're fuck-ups. <laughs> Tune in to Chris watch a, Makes Hope Watch a Porno for Flesh Gordon. That sounds like a fun night. I would, you know, definitely want wine. <laughs> as, a, as a porno goes, most versions of Flesh Gordon that you find would be rated R nowadays. You know? It was... Oh, okay. uh, it was... It, it, it was... It had porno scenes in it but they were just sort of shot separately and the rest of the movie was just sort of like uh, dirty jokes and and boobs and stuff pardon i'm gonna google this while you finish your notes and uh, <laughs> that's all i had for notes sorry oh. and and and, uh, and a wonderfully um stop motion animated penisaurus I I'm I must see the penis so hard. Yeah. The thing now, is, all can't, you, is you can't see Flesh Gordon until you've seen Flash Gordon. Oh, so you know what it's parroting and, and then when you see Flash Gordon and then you see Flesh Gordon you go like, Oh my god, these guys did their homework and oh. like copied it like incredibly. Oh, you're saying flesh. I thought you were saying flush like I flush a toilet. Flush Gordon. No, that's a different movie, but you don't want to see that. That was yeah, filmed in Germany. That's a Shisa movie. Wow, this looks... This, this looks... <laughs> this... I actually own it on DVD. This looks... <laughs> all, the fla- all the Flash Gordon movies are, are quite an uh, accomplishment of craziness. They're, they're all crazy in their own way. This looks... Anyway, I don't have a lot of notes either. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> my first note I've already said, which is this episode is 18 minutes long and it feels like it. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing, because you go on Disney Plus and it's like, oh, it's 21 minutes. And the last three minutes are all the credits in all the different languages. Yeah, well, I was sitting and I was like, I start at like there, there, there seemed to be a pretty obvious change from act one to act two. So I was like, OK, here comes act two. And I. And I was like, but that's, it seems way too early for act two. And then I looked down and I didn't see how much time had passed. I just saw like, it was about a third of the block at the bottom. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, that's just about right. Yeah. But yeah, no wonder it was going by so fast. Yeah. So what I did is I was just like, okay, six minutes each. We'll split it here. <laughs> um, I, God, the scene where they unplug Echo's brain, like that final tube that Rex pulls off him. Oh, that's so painful to watch because you see him go, like, so floppy and you see, like, Rex kind of wince as he does it. He's just like, I'm sorry! <laughs> well, it, 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 it's back again to how good they are at, like, um, conveying complex emotions on on CGI characters because it's, he's, you could tell there's a combination of pain and really, it's like he's getting a tooth, like a bad tooth pulled or something, you know? It's, mm-hmm. 
it hurts to do it, but once it's out, it's just like, ah, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Back to the real world. Out of the, it's very similar to the scene in The Matrix where Neo pulls all his, all his connections out. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, but it, it's also then followed by, like, the really sad scene of, because up to this point, like, at the end of last week's episode of this, like, Echo's just kind of babbling about the Citadel. And then, like, once he's disconnected, you see his brain come back to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it just hurts my soul. Um, but it's so well done because there's there's clearly a difference of, who he was when he was plugged in where they were keeping him in that past state and who he suddenly is now that he's free and he's just like i'm not in the citadel anymore i was tortured and captured in a prisoner of war oh fuck let me crack a joke hey rex <laughs> and it's just oh it's just so well done but so painful um and my only other note is i love that they make exhaust vents people-sized in star wars <laughs> yeah I just, I, or I, that you wouldn't have grates every 10 feet to discourage people if you had it there because and to catch any debris that like is blowing through there too i know i just i i just find vince and star wars hilarious because for one we know that's like the jedi thing and i just i was thinking about like what what do building ex- inspectors do that they go through like the buildings of the galaxy and they're like i'm sorry your vent system's not big enough you can't fit a human being inside of it well, well you know i mean also for repair and stuff but then again there's plenty of droids of all sizes that can fix a vent yeah. i don't know i'm just glad that like over the years the, the like usually when you had a vent you 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 usually had to come to some point where there was some sort of fan that you had to jump through or something and i'm glad they they still do it a little every once in a while but it's not a constant thing anymore because i i have a feeling writers around the world were just like you know what let's skip the uh i'm, I'm kind of sick of the fan thing let's uh kind of like though that like star wars is aware of this because we saw this in season four and rebels um i think it was was the episode crawler commandeers and sabine was like ezra you have to go to the vents and he's like i don't do that anymore and she's like get in the vent boy Mm. (laughs) like get in there because that's what you jedi do you go through vents and we were even talking about like in season one of rebels where ezra was calling crawling through events he's like Kane's not teaching me anything. And we made the joke of like, honey, you're in the vent. You're doing the most Jedi thing ever. <laughs> well, that was, I think that was also the like, um, was it Hondo or Visago? It was, was it, it was Hondo, wasn't it? When he first like had an adventure know. with Egg, with, with Ezra. Or no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm completely getting this mixed up. I don't even know what the question freaking, you're asking. I, I'm getting this mixed up with freaking Guardians of the Galaxy when they, when, when they're, you know, their top Peter Quill is talking about being a kid with the pirate. And he was like, ah, we just got you because you were, you know, perfect size to go through the vents and steal stuff. Just like in Lego, Lego Star Wars, you have to you have to switch to little Anakin if you want to get anything out of any vents. <laughs> to get to certain places. But yeah, it's. It's just one of those things in Star Wars I love. I love that vents are people sized because they're very convenient in plot, and it's just it's a it's a Star Wars thing I love. So. Yeah. But that's all I have for, and now it's like meta because they're aware that vents are people sized when they write stuff. Um, that's all I have for Act One. I'm ready for Act Two. All right. <clears throat> Act Two. So our heroes are slinking around in the people sized vents. You know, as Jedi and their allies do. Echo is starting to get his strength back, but Rex still needs to help him walk. 
But Echo is now the MVP of the episode because he has all the building plans in his brain and he knows the way out. But they're not going to like it, especially Wrecker. He opens a door and they're outside. And friendly reminder from the last episode, in case you forgot, they're really high up in the air. The city is built above the clouds. So there's a really long pipe connecting one building to another building on the other side. And there might possibly be a ship they can steal to get the heck out of there. So all of our heroes have to scooch on over there to the other side on a very thin pipe. And poor Wrecker, scared of heights. He's just like, I hate everything about this plan. So they're scooching and they're not trying, they're trying not to panic. And right, and they're getting to the middle of the pipe. But oh no, droids are coming out and surrounding them on both sides. And they're trapped on a pipe up in the air. But Crosshair slips and Wrecker catches him. But now they're both hanging off the pipe on the bottom side. And luckily, Tech takes back his MVP hat from Echo. Because he is the MVP of the Bad Batch. And thanks to the fact that he's a nerd, nerd, he's a nerd. And he wants to one day start his own sound studio. He loves recording all the sounds wherever he goes. And he has a recording of the Kyrdax from the last episode. They're the flying creatures that the local Poltex ride on. And he blares that sound out into the sky. And sure enough, the Kyrdax come flying at them. And Anakin's like, look guys, I am not Ezra Bridger. I don't know how to talk to animals. And Tuck is like, just jump on it! So him and his cute little Ugg boots leap off. <laughs> he still has Ugg boots. Leap off and they land on a flying lizard. And they all spring off and land on their respective lizards. Thing is, this is Clone Wars. And nothing is easy, as the battle droids in this episode can fly now! And the droids take off after them and they're all shooting at each other in the air. And again, Anakin is like, I am not Ezra Bridger. I am not the Lizard Whisperer. How do I fly this thing? So finally, Rex is like, Anakin, what's an Ezra? And Anakin's like, it's okay, friend. You'll find out in like 15 years, buddy. Just stick with it. And they're all flying and fighting in the air. And it's all cool and stuff. And after months of being captured, Echo is having a really good time. And they finally shake off the droids. Or so they think they do. And the lizards bring them back to the Poltec village. And the leader of the Poltecs is like, Hey, kudos on flying our lizards, but what the hell are you doing back here? And just as he speaks, those droids, who are still following them, fly in and start shooting up the village. And everyone is like, oh no, bad guys, run away! Except for the Bad Batch, especially Wrecker, who is now on the ground. And he's like, hell yeah! And they scare off the dreads. But the Poltec leader is like, what the hell? We told you not to bring the war to us. And it's Rex who steps up and goes, listen here, Pappy Lerman. Chris, are you happy? I'm bringing back one of your old nicknames. I actually had to like look it up, and I was like, didn't we call him Pappy? Yeah, he's Pappy Lerman. I did it for you. Yeah, Chris. yeah, I, I, I am happy. I'm, I, I just, they're, they're not quite the Lerman because they're not pacifists. I, I have notes about it. But so. yeah, Rex says those techno union guys are not your friends. I used the wrong your in that, in that sentence, and 
<laughs> I made myself laugh. Those techno union guys are not your friends. And you know what, Poltex and the unfinished reels on StarWars.com? They totally killed one of your people, but that didn't make it into the final episode on Disney+. Plus. But we know that they'll kill you, and they will come after you. And behind him, Anakin is making his hype man face like, Yeah, Rex, tell them. And Rex continues by saying, Look what they did to my precious baby boy Echo. Hey, Wrecker, show them what Echo looks like now. And Wrecker picks up Echo like he's Simba from The Lion King to show the Poltex. And Echo is like, These Clone Wars summaries have gotten a lot more ridiculous and convoluted on this podcast since the last time I was in the show. True fact. These used to be a lot shorter when we used to do Clone Wars. This is like he's getting an Echo-volution right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And Rex is like, if you don't fight, they will destroy you. So are you a Pappy Lerman or are you a Poltec warrior? And an and Echo-volution. An Echo-volution. <laughs> and the Poltecs are like, well, you literally left us with no choice in the matter. Because there's probably droids coming, so I guess we'll fight with you or whatever. Because the droids are literally heading this way. What'd you think of Act Two? It's funny that you. I, I noticed the hype man look too, where Anakin just sort of he's got. It, he crosses but, his arms. And well, he that's a, that's a, that's the hype man part. He crosses his arms and and he nods his head like, "Yep, that's right." <laughs> and the whole thing, like the whole time, like he's actually looking over Rex's head at the Poltec leader, like, yeah, yeah, say something. He doesn't look away from the leader, but he lets Rex do all the talking in front of him, but he's staring down the leader. He's he's staring at the leader like he's saying it. It's it's yeah. It's cool. Like it's uh, coming for me, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and another thing from your notes that I, that's or from from the the uh that you mentioned is uh yeah, I have uh, Anakin sort u- semi using Ezra methods, and I think it's also a little. I can't remember if it was Hera or Sabine that did it. I want to say it was probably Hera because remember the one time they used the like a mating call that they, they like played a yeah, mating call. Yeah, it was Hera. It was Hera. That was, yeah, that was my Grande boyfriend's first episode. That is Rise of the Old Masters, and that's when they were fighting Grande. And she brought the fleet of animals by using a mating call. So yeah, so this I just had like a little low key, like rebels crossing feel. Um, my only other notes is you'd think clones would have like be able to activate like magnets on their feet, especially if they're in space where they might lose gravity or something. We have seen that's a good point. We've seen that before. Remember uh-huh. when they were fighting Cad Bane and they turned uh-huh. off the gravity and they stuck to the roofs? That yeah. that's a good point. It would have been really helpful on the doing their doing their little high wire act there. And my only but other do, note is uh, I do remember from that fight though, like once their feet was stuck, they couldn't walk. They couldn't walk. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but you just you you like have a have a have a um dimmer switch on it so you could have them like thirty yeah. percent or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it probably wouldn't matter for a wrecker anyway. And my only other note is pterodactroids. I love the D-Wings. That's, that's my name for them. I think they're so cool. They're cool because they, they are cool looking and they look badass, but when it comes right down to it, they're just stupid droids. And they, have, they have the same voice, but they have that added, like they said, they made their voice different. It almost sounds like the, the regular battle droids mixed with like an electric um, 
like head shaver, you know, like uh, clippers that just <laughs> like their voice sounds a little like smoothed out with a hum to it, you know, so they're like all the time when they're talking. Almost like a Cylon, but not quite. <laughs> Cylon's more of a flange. This is just sort of a weird like hum over everything, but they sound cool. They sound like they they sound like they're like a little more elect like electronic. Hmm. But that's all I have for Act Two. Yeah. Like we <laughs> had a chance in Act Two to have a bit of like conflict for us to talk about of like you know convincing the Zoltecs to fight with them. But it's really it's just it's just a formality, you know. Yeah. It sort of it just sort of is resolved with dialogue real quickly. Yeah. Um, okay, so my notes. Um, my favorite shot of this episode is that very wide shot of them on the pipe, um, with them in the middle, and you see the droids on both sides. It's a very quick shot, but it's a sky shot, and like everyone's tiny on it, but it's just this really wide shot with the sky behind them. Uh, that's my favorite shot of the episode. I just love that shot. I, I actually, when when I wrote my review for this episode, like that's the image I used for my episode picture because I just love that shot. That that reminds me that my favorite shots in this this part too, and it's just random, and I don't know why. I just like the 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 feel of energy and motion to it was when the first set of droids attacked them, and they shot all but one of them, and one of them got away. And the camera just sort of catches them coming at them head on, and then they fight them, and it's sort of chaotic. And then, then it's all one camera move, and then the camera just sort of swings over to the right, and you just see the last one just sort of, you know, bye, and fly off into the distance with a couple shots going after it. And it's just a very beautiful little action shot. Yeah. And it just randomly, but I was like, that was a shot that stuck in my head. Um, so when they're all going out on the pipe, I really like how supportive the other Bad Batch brothers are a wrecker, because they know he's scared of heights, and he has that moment where he's like, trying not to panic, I'm trying not to panic, and Hunter looks back and he's like, it's okay, wrecker, we're almost through this, I'm like, they're just really supportive of each other, and I love them. They've done it before, and it's, and, and, and you're right, and it's very subtly done, like, they could have been more supportive, like like if it wasn't as well written, they could have been a little like, you know, too many Let's people like, record, make sure you don't, you know, make sure to blah, blah, blah. But you get the feeling they've done it a thousand times and they know better than to like tease him or or talk about it too much. So mm-hmm. nobody really is like, yeah, I know it's high up or, you know, record or anything. Like that, they just sort of they just sort of leave him alone and are like, all right, you know, we get we'll we'll just leave him alone until he starts freaking out. And then one guy just sort of like, you got this. With yeah. It. And because and, they've they've fine tuned dealing with it, you know, it probably at first he was like a gibbering mess and everybody was picking on him. And then and like, you know, and as time went on, he probably got better about heights and they got better with like anticipating his mood. I imagine a a lot like, like in maybe a dysfunctional relationship though, but just by the nature of Wrecker, a lot of the rest of the squad spends time anticipating his moods. (laughs) But but also like, 
I liked how the closeness of this, because, like, Tech is the super logical one, so he's like, if you fall, don't pull me down, which is a logical thing to say. But then, like, to me, it showed the closeness of it, and it was the first time I actually kind of saw Hunter's personality. Like, I joked for the last few episodes that Hunter doesn't have a personality, but he's also, like, Hunter, not Hunter, um, Crosshair, Tech, and Wrecker are such big personalities that he has to be the kind of normal one of the bunch to kind of bloom them together. But that was the first time I actually saw Hunter being like, this is why he is the leader. Because Wrecker is panicking, and he, him as the leader of the Bad Batch is the one encouraging him. Like, don't worry, we're almost through this, keep going. And I was like, that is a leader thing to do, and this is the first time I see why Hunter is the leader in three right. episodes. And it just, they're such cute boys, and they're dumb boys, and I love them. Um, I wrote, Tech and his Ugg boots are the MVP of the show. <laughs> I can't get over how much this is. I actually looked up Ugg boots today while I was doing my notes, and I found the exact pair that looks like text boots. And I was just like, I can't unsee those. They look like Ugg boots. Um, but I do like that moment when, you know, they tech calls up the cure decks, and they're like, how are we supposed to get onto it? And he's like, just jump. And every person just, like, turn and give him this what the hell kind of look. Like, you see Anakin's face, because he's the only one not wearing a mask. Well, him and Echo. And him and Echo are like, What? Just jump? <laughs> I love that moment. Um, all right, now for my only two big notes of the scene. I really do like the scene where Rex is the one that steps up to talk to the Poltex. Um, and, you know, explain like, hey, we didn't mean to bring the war to you, but it's here now. And it just not only shows that this is another good leader moment for him, but also it shows Anakin backing off and letting Rex have this moment because... He and it, and to me it goes back to the Padme. Oh, I hit my mic. This uh goes back to the Padme saint scene from last week because Padme was like, "You need to trust Rex. You need to trust his instincts. Please trust him." And this is another time that we're seeing Anakin going, "Okay, I'm gonna let Rex take this one, and if he needs me, I'm his hype man behind him." So I, I, I really, think Rex is also a you know general, and probably Anakin knows it is a better negotiator than or not negotiator. What would um. What would be the right word for it? But you know, but, I think negotiator. You know, yeah, talking negotiator. Yeah, he, 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 he'd be a little. You know, Anakin's, Anakin's a little more of a hothead. Actually, though, like I, I was thinking about that last week, and I almost noted it because there's that scene where in last week's episode where the Poltex kidnap Anakin. And they bring him back to the village first before the Bad Batch catches up, and he's like, "We're gonna have some communication issues." But then I started thinking back way, 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 way a long time ago. Do you remember um, the episode, the first episode with Rio Chuchi? She's the blue Pantoran senator that, you know, was friends with Padme and Ahsoka, and they had an episode together. And there was the episode that was in the snow, and all the blue people were there, and they were fighting the cigar faces. Do you remember that episode? Long oh, time yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. In that, in that episode, Obi-Wan was having difficulty communicating with the talls and we see anakin pick up a thing and start drawing out Mm -hmm. drawing out images and i was like well anakin can clearly understand like this is how i communicate with people who don't uh talk the same way that i do and then we get to this episode uh, last week's episode he was like i'm not even gonna try and I, i was i was thinking about that and i was like maybe that's just a sign of him starting to lose it to the dark side because he used to be really good and more patient in like communicating but he's getting to this point in this war where he just doesn't give a fuck anymore yeah yeah and i mean 
Anakin knows it's, anyway. I almost, I almost thought it was out of character for Anakin, but then I was like, no, we're so close to episode three. It's not out of character for him to actually. And just Anakin is very, very distracted right now. He's got a lot of other things on his mind, totally separate from this. So, yeah, and I will so say, the letting... difference was they went into the Tal's village peacefully to talk with them. This time he got kidnapped by a flying lizard. So right, <laughs> it was a different right. scenario. Right. Well, also to the to to the Zoltec leader. Um, I like that you keep prob- Zoltecs. Well, they captured Anakin, and then Rex is the one who came to get him. So they probably like think of, that Rex is pretty uh, pretty badass. Well, he is. There you go. <laughs> so, um, my my only other note that I had. Um, this is my long note, and. Um, what I did is I went back and I read my review for this episode because I was like, I, I remember writing stuff, but I'm not getting a lot of stuff from this episode. Um, so this was from my review from Geeky Girl Experience, and I still feel the exact same way about this point. So I'm just going to read it because I honestly just didn't want to type it out again. Is that cool? Uh-huh. <laughs> so this was from my review um, over on Geeky Girl Experience for this episode. I wrote, Echo is compelling to see here after getting to know him over the course of the show. In Rookies, back in Season 1, he was the cautious member of the Domino Squad. Unlike Heavy and Fives, he was more interested in reading regulation manuals instead of goofing off. Later on in the series, when him and Fives become ARC Troopers, he is still the more serious of the two. Flash forward to this episode. When the Bad Batch and Rex save him and his mind comes back to him, Echo is cracking jokes with Rex. He's making little quips at the Bad Batch. He reminds me so much of Fives and Heavy in this moment, not the serious and bookish clone we saw many seasons ago. Echo lost himself for so long. Looking at the, epi- the episode's final moments, we see that he's clearly unsure about returning to a normal life. It's like he's trying to become an avatar of his brothers, being, Echo- being Fives and Heavy, so he doesn't have to face himself and the trauma of what he survived. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I was on. Sorry, I was muted. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It it it, uh, it felt out of character to see Echo cracking jokes because he was not the one cracking jokes when we saw him at the Citadel. He wasn't the one cracking jokes when they were defending Camino, and he wasn't the one cracking jokes in Rookies. That was Fives and uh, Fives and Heavy, especially Fives. Fives was the joking one. And then what? So when we get to this episode, he's cracking jokes. It almost felt out of character for him, but also then like. We'll get to it when we get to Act 3. But that final moment, it really hit me of he's trying to show that he's okay when he's not. And this is, so he's acting like fives and heavy to not have to face what he's been through, which I thought was very powerful. And he's, and he's been broken down, you know? I mean. So much machine. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, uh, yeah, he's basically like a prisoner of war who's been, like, kept in some sort of solitary confinement and questioned and tortured, you know? It's just been abstracted into, turned into a machine and mined for his data, but it's the same thing. And I don't, I don't think it's, like, you know, full, because he's not a dark side character and stuff like that, but he's almost a proto-Anakin in a way. Like, this is kind of the foreshadowing of what Anakin would be like once he's Vader under the suit. Yeah. Um, oh, no, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, physically, 
when 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 later on when we just sort of well we we get looks at his whole body here but there's a scene where he's like once he's back up on his feet a little bit where it's just it just seems like they're they're obviously showing you know a, 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 it, at the very least a visual parallel between Anakin but it's it's also you got here you have a non force user clone that's supposed to be just a drone thing and having a pretty similar experience to Anakin where basically he lost you know lost everybody and got his body destroyed you know and I mean he probably thought he lost everybody you know but yet he it didn't just it didn't destroy him like Anakin was you know it didn't lead him down the path of bitterness and anger because you half expect him we'll we'll get into this more in act three but you half expect him to be kind of angry maybe you know at this point like you know can i can i touch in on this because everything you just explained was also what happened to maul who also lost so much he also lost part of his body and he came back as well um, and I and that's a very interesting because there there are three very different kinds of characters because what saves Anakin as Vader is Luke he gets something back and that's what redeems him what's saving Echo here is he has somebody coming back being Rex to save him Maul never had anyone that comes back and save him and he dies alone Maul and, Maul, Maul had could have had a chance like Maul started out bad and at coming you know coming and he could have come. And there, there were potential parts where it seemed like it could happen, where Maul had a chance at some sort of redemption, or like a chance at some sort of normalcy. But you're right, he had no nobody to to help him. As a matter of fact, most everybody else was like either trying to manipulate him or destroy him. So. And the people who showed him kindness were the people that he was like actively because he also didn't know how to do anything else other than manipulate. So like you saw Ezra try to show him kindness and he manipulated him. And then yeah. you saw him actively hunting Obi-Wan and in his final moments, Obi-Wan of course showed him great kindness to like to be there when, when he passed. But like it's it's just it's interesting that you have these three very characters, these three characters who had so much taken away from them, but because of found found family, actual family, and then no family, they have three very different outcomes. Because, of course, we know there's a Bad Batch series coming. I'm assuming Echo's in it. I don't see why any reason he wouldn't. We know he joins the Bad Batch next episode. So it's going to be interesting to have these three characters next to it. Because we know Vader's story. We know that he gets redeemed with Anakin and dies. And we know Maul has no one and dies. But it's going to be interesting to see then Echo, who has gone through similar things as Anakin and Maul, to what his life will be like as if... It, it's almost like a proto-story of, like, this is what Anakin or Maul's life would have been like if they had this family unit, you know? Yeah, he's... And, I mean, there'll be a lot of chances to have parallels to, like, a soldier returning... Uh, soldier returning after losing some limbs in the war and stuff you know oh my gosh i want to write this article now comparing the three of them <laughs> oh, i want to write it now uh hope oh too bad you don't have your own website and platform to do that hope Jeez, what a shame if i don't write this down now i'm gonna i just threw a pin across the room if i don't write this down now i will forget about this because I 
I'm so far behind listening on Jago's episodes. So I'll be six months away from now, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I do want to write about this. Right? Article comparing Maul, Annie, Vader, and Echo. And they're similar. <laughs> Sorry, you can edit this out. But. Oh, dip. there's no way I'm at it. I even know the music that's going right now. <laughs> okay, thank Ding. you. I keep a tiny little notebook beside my bed so I can write down ideas. Um, yeah, it's a good there. idea. Yep, yep, there we go. All right, anyway, so that was, that was my big note for this and probably my biggest note of this episode. So, all right, well, act three? Yeah, let's uh, wrap this pterodactyl droid up. <laughs> wrap up the Kyrodex. All right, <clears throat> act three. The droids are coming for our heroes in the Poltex. They land in the village to find no one there because they're all surrounded. They're all, all the heroes are surrounding the village and they fly in there with a surprise attack. And our heroes are taking out droids and the Poltex are a mix of horror, but also, yeah, destroy the droids. And even Echo is fighting because someone finally gave him a weapon. And it's looking good for our heroes. Until the bigger droids show up. It's the Octo-Terra-whatever thing droid. That's a tank. It's a tank and it looks like a giant octopus. And they were super popular in the Clone Wars movie. Because that's where Anakin made his first appearance in the series. By destroying one of these. And you know what? Anakin destroys one of these Octo-droid tank things. Just like he did in the Clone Wars movie. Things have come full circle in the final season, and we will return to this point, I swear to God, in the Siege of Mandalore arc, the very first episode, where it is just mirroring the Clone Wars movie almost shot for shot. And Echo is like, oh, the Jedi, I miss them so much. I sure hope that the Jedi don't all die in like eight episodes or something. That would be terrible. And during all this, another octopus tank thing shows up. So Rex and the Bad Batch need to take care of that one, because Anakin can only be fabulous enough to destroy one. So Wrecker, precious boy, picks up Rex and throws him at the walker droid. I have literally lost count of how many times over the course of the series that someone has thrown Rex at something. And then Wrecker picks up Hunter, literally like a bride, in a bridal position, I am not kidding, and hurls him into the air. And Rex and Hunter, with some assistance from Crosshair, takes out the other octopus droid tank thing. And Wrecker even saves Pappy Lerman Poltec from getting squished. With their big guns taken out, the droids are like, Oh no! And they run away. And the droids tell Wat Tambor that they failed. They ask if they should tell the other Separatists what happened. Because, you know, they're all supposed to be allies and stuff. But Wat Tambor is like, um, no, I have to figure out how to save my own skin first. Surely we will have plenty of time, and this won't come back to bite us next week. Back with our heroes. They're getting ready to roll out of the Poltec village and head back to base. And as they're loading up, Echo thanks Rex for coming back for him. And Rex is like, don't worry, Echo. It'll be just like the old times. Except for, you know, you know, Fives is dead, and you, you already lost Heavy and Cut Up, and Tup. Oh, Tup. 
And Echo's like, wait, who is Tup? And Rex is like, oh yeah, that was season four. You weren't there for that. You never met Tup. He was Fives' new best friend. And you know, it doesn't matter. He's already dead too. And Echo looks at Rex and goes, this show is really bad for us clones, isn't it? And Rex is like, yep, it's the worst. But don't worry, Echo. Surely nothing terrible will happen in eight episodes that will turn us all into mindless slaves and kill our Jedi friends. Now let's get you home, Echo! Woohoo! And Echo's face is like, what the fuck? The end. <laughs> yeah, I sort of got, like, Echo's, that was where I was like, oh, here could, you know, Echo could be, like, a little bitter after all this since he's kind of, like, robocopped out. But, like, he kind of had a little smile on it. He kind of had a, like, you know, well, it's going to be all right, like, look on his face. I disagree. Are you talking about the end scene? At the la- like, just he just, like, has a little smile. It's just sort of like, huh, I think I'm going to be all right. You're talking about the final scene, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I disagree. <laughs> Hard disagree. I know, because I just, I just heard it in your... Uh, synopsis and it's my biggest note of the section <laughs> yeah there's I, I mean this is this is some fun action there's a, a little bit of re, repeat i love yeah i i also noted that yes that like totally out of the clone wars movie and they also repeat their rock roll from last episode yeah i like the old that. rock roll again and uh, uh, those octo droids, especially in this at night, with the with the red beams coming out of them, totally um, remind me of War of the Worlds. Oh yeah. Which I think I think they meant that back in episode three when they had the when they rolled these out, but Ooh, in this they, yeah. they're especially like the Martians in War of the World, which were also on tripods, and. And Wrecker, Wrecker is basically, at first I was like, Wrecker is basically the Hulk, but he's not because he's not a split per, he's the thing from the Fantastic Four. Oh, he is. He's just a wisecracking, superpowered guy. Like, I mean, just, I don't know how he could be physically composed enough to have the, the pressure that would be on him for under the Octodroid, but okay, whatever, it's fun. And my only other, well, my only other, like, minor note is what, Tambor actually goes, duh. <laughs> <laughs> he, duh, we lost some money here. Okay, so this, this is where, um, it's been all through the episode, but this is where, this is where I reveal my big, big complaint with this episode is. I mean, with the last episode, it's basically a two-parter. I mean, we're it's sort of a four-part arc, but the the last two episodes sort of have a little beginning, middle, and end. Go in, get Echo, get him out, you know. And uh, but all the drama and all the character stuff that's meaningful is front-loaded in the last episode. So this one, as a new episode, just sort of starts out, and it, and and it's this is the closest thing to just a standard Clone Wars episode. 
But boy, if they thought about this episode in the last episode as more of a two-parter, you know, they could have probably mixed it up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. so there was a little more meat to both episodes. Cause because this one's just sort of it's it's just sort of a fun battle. And you know, maybe they thought, let's just have one last fun battle that doesn't have this one doesn't have the looming feel of episode three over it, you know, as much. I mean, we, we all know it's coming, but this one almost seems like sort of the last, a last hurrah, you know, a last adventure that just is sort of like, there's one for the memory books, boys, you know, Uh Uh, we, we all, everybody went in and, and all got out alive and had a little bit of fun you know, and, and got our buddy out, you know. Yeah, because um, even, because um, I was looking at the difference between the story reels and this one, and even then, like, from what I can tell, like, the story reel that got cut from this um, didn't even really add a lot. Um, I talked about it a little bit in season two, or in act two, but um, what the scene that we got cut out of this one was at the beginning when they were sending in the decimator, Wat Tambor mm-hmm. and Anakin had, like, a little conversation and Wat Tambor was like, oh, Master Skywalker, this is my decimator. And what they did is they drug out, like, a captured Poltec, and the decimator just disintegrated it. Um, and, which I kind of understand why they cut that, because that's a little yeah. gruesome to watch. Um, but, like, even then, like, there's nothing really super meaty in that. And apparently that was, like, a three-minute scene, which is the, the the missing three minutes to make this 18 at 22. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's it probably works better without it for sure. Yeah, so like I don't feel like there was anything like I, I kind of feel this way. Like this, this is not like to me. This is just almost my standard rating for a normal average episode of Clone Wars is a seven. This because it's so pretty, it got bumped up a little bit. But even then, this is like about as average of a Clone Wars episode as you can get. Yes. Yes. It's just it's resolution for last week and set up. I would almost like it. Yep. Okay. It makes it week, feel a little out of place because it's in this like context of, in the meta meta context of being like, the last season and going into all the you know the shit hitting the fan, so it feels a little out of place while being like incredibly familiar at the same time yeah and like we have to like always understand that the bad batch was never supposed to be in the last season um but i would almost like because like kind of looking ahead to next week's episode a lot of shit happens next week you have anakin you have obi-wan and mace windu doing their thing you have the bad batch doing their own thing anakin's doing his own thing like there's a bunch of things happening but they introduce this element into next week's episode of the bad batch not quite trusting echo because of the fact that he's been a captured separatist for so long and his brain was controlled for so long, so they don't introduce them. But because it's in the last episode of next week, it's really, really rushed. So I would almost have liked them to bring some of, you know, last week, they get Echo, they get the heck out of there, and then bring next week's episode here and make that one a two-parter to really analyze that, especially if they're setting up for a sequel series for The Bad Batch, to really analyze Echo earning the trust of the bad batch to set up for your sequel series that's coming next year yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't have lost anything narratively without this episode they would have lost a lot of cool scenes yeah 
but uh, a neat stuff to see. But yeah, narratively, it definitely would not have lost. And I, anything. I think just, I think it just comes down to time, you know. Um, yeah. They put all their effort into Siege of Mandalore, and this episode, uh, this arc and next arc were things that they, they already had in the works. Um, so I, I think it really just comes down to a time thing of, we already have these episodes almost done. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, this is a perfectly fine episode. This this I mean, feels that's... like it should be an episode in, like, season five or something. Yeah, that's all the notes I got. Um, my first note is, I, I started thinking about the poll text because they were like, don't worry about what Tambor and his people because you fought them once and you'll be fine. And I'm like, no, they're like next door. What Tambor is going to come massacre these people? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? But then I was like, well, wait, what Tambor gets murdered by Anna Vader in like three weeks. So they'll be okay. Unless they get killed in the next three weeks. So as long as the Poltecs lay low for about three weeks, Anakin's going to come as Vader and kill Wat Tambor on Mustafar in episode three. So just hold out, Poltecs. You'll be fine. (laughs) Um, I I do love the scene where Anakin destroys the one big octa-tank-whatever droid because it's very similar to his first appearance in the Clone Wars movies. That's the very first thing that we see animated Skywalker do in this series is... They're at the Battle of Christophsis. The big droids are coming in. They're, everyone's like, oh, my God. And you have that scene where Anakin is standing up on, like, a building or something, looking down at the Octo droid, tank droids or whatever, and he leaps off dramatically, lands on top of it, and takes it out. And it was so cool to see that because so much of the season is coming back in full circle to where we were in the Clone Wars movies. This is especially true in the very first episode of the Siege of Mandalore, which has several shot-by-shot comparisons of the Clone Wars movie, only in 30 minutes. Um, And it's so well done, but I like seeing it here too, because that was his first appearance in the series, was him destroying one of these things. (sighs) Okay, I wrote... It's the Lerman episode all over again. Friendly reminder, I liked the Lermans and Chris Denton. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Um, what's nice is the difference between that episode and this one. As Chris said earlier, the Lermans, the Lermans were pacifists and these aren't. Um, but also, it's just the focus that's different. Because in the Lerman episodes, it was an Ahsoka-focused episode. And it was her learning to let go. But here in this episode with the Poltex... Um, it's about Rex and the clones and saving Echo and that kind of story as well. Yeah. So at least it's different enough so it doesn't feel super repetitive. It's a bit repetitive, but it's not almost shot for shot Lermans, you know? Right. No, it just gives it's I mean, it's just sort of plot plot driven, but it gives them a chance to sort of go over a few <clears throat> of the things that have I mean a few of the sen- sentiments that they've used when talking to other people about about fighting the separatists, mm-hmm. you know, in in earlier episodes. So it was it was just a nice sort of little shorthand negotiation. But uh, yeah, it's it's over so quick. It resolves so quickly. You know, the 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 Zoltecs are pretty easy going. You know. Yeah. It seems like compared to the Lerman. And and I also like noted this in my review. Um, I didn't put it here, but I noted this is season season seven was so hyped 
with like media and trailers and it was like in the news like it was such a hype seven season that there was probably a lot of people who just watched season season seven that didn't watch the rest of the series or maybe just watched the best of episodes and the Lermans are not like on the best of episodes yeah so, well, it's a Lermans, nice kind of like touch base on themes that they've already done for like those people who might just be watching season seven or just or like Megan and Lauren, my best friend Megan, when they watched it, they only watched a best of list. So they didn't see the Lermans. They don't know what Lermans are. <laughs> and, well, in the Lermans, it was sort of like there was a little generation gap element to it and mm-hmm. and changing a pacifist mind element to it. This one, it's more like. These guys are like, yeah, we don't want to get involved with your war. And then, but I think the the thing about it is, is they're advanced and empathetic enough of a race is when they saw Echo, they got it. You know, they were like, oh, okay, you know, we see you came to get your, you know, they understood because that's something they would do. They would go get their friend if, if he was sitting, you know, captured in that, that building. So they're like, you know. They just understood what Anakin and the clones were doing and that that unfortunately or, you know, for whatever reason, they they had gotten involved with it. But at the same time, they just sort of got involved with it because one of their one of their birds grabbed Anakin. So, you know, I think they just rolled with it. I think they were I think they were just a very, the Zoltecs are a very laid back, reasonable people. You know, they seem very just. Yeah. That you know, at first glance, they they have a very you know they have you know they're flying they're flying they're sort of like um, the 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 race in Avatar, but you know at the same time you notice some of their stuff that looks like it would be a natural formation has lights in it and stuff like that. So they they're probably a fairly you know advanced civilization, and they're just like okay. Yeah, and there's there's also like unlike the Lermans, there's also a little layer of politics here as well because the Techno Union is supposed to be neutral. So they the Techno Union probably hasn't messed with the Poltex because if they messed with the Poltex and someone in the Republic found out, then they would have been right. pulled into the war. So I mean, there's also like that layer of politics there of oh well now they know that you're helping us, you're pulled into this as well. Um, because Watchtime Board was like, but I'm neutral, and Anakin's like, come on, you're not. <laughs> So, like, so there is a little bit more depth here than there is in Lermantown. But yeah, Lermantown was also two episodes and it could have only been one. <laughs> but I do love me some Lermans. That's the truth. I love me some Lermans. Oh, Chris, Lord help you when we do Freemaker Adventures. <laughs> There's are Lermans they... in Freemaker Adventures. Are they rolling around in there? <laughs> yeah, but they're Legos. <laughs> Oh geez, so there's square Lerman, square rolling Lermans. I think you'll like the Lermans though, because the whole thing with Freemakers Adventures that not like while yeah, there is a story, comedy. yeah, like there is story and characters, there is some comedy to it too. So I I, I think you'll like the Lermans and Freemakers a little bit more. So, um, where am I? Oh, so this is kind of a two part note for next week. So we'll see if I remember to bring it up next week, but just in case I don't. Um, what Tambor's actions at the end of this episode is what causes Admiral Trench Spider-Man to fail next week, because the leaders of the Separatists are supposed to be allies, but they're all about saving their own skin and not working together. 
So with Watt Tambor not telling Trinch of the failure this week, next week, Trinch doesn't know that Echo has been taken. And so R- Watt Tambor is actually the downfall of Trinch next week because Trinch is like, oh, I'll just keep using the algorithm, which is why Echo is able to trick him next week. So I was just like, look at the separatists killing themselves. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, I mean, that's it. I mean, the, the, the good guys are always about working together and the bad guys are always about working for themselves. All right, here's the part where I drastically disagreed with you. This is about the final scene where Rex is like, things are just going to be just like old times, Echo, and Echo has that face. <laughs> um, I don't see a smell. I see panic. Um, and that that moment to me is actually my favorite moment of the episode. Um, it's a very powerful scene to me because we have, like, this whole episode, Echo's been cracking jokes and putting on this front and being like, yeah, good times again. It's I've never felt better, sir. And then that's the first moment he's alone. And he just has this, like his eyes are so big and he doesn't look like he's smiling to me. He just looks like this look of like his guard is down, his vulnerability out. And it's just this, oh shit moment of what are the good old times. And I think that says a lot about Rex as well. Like, Rex is trying so hard to make things like the good old times. But we're not there anymore. Echo's not in the old good old times anymore. And honestly, neither is Rex. Nobody's in the good old times anymore because they've lost so much and nobody can really go back to what they were. And I just thought that was such a powerful image of Echo by himself, completely vulnerable, alone for the first time, and has this look that he's really understanding the trauma and loss that all of them have gone through up to this point because he can make jokes and he can put on smile but at the end of the day they have to face their past at some point and it's not sunshine and rainbows anymore so i i just i love that in scene because it felt very powerful to see him just standing there alone almost like he's trying to grapple what even the future holds and there's an uncertainty about it he looks so uncertain and it's just this very uncertain future of trying to hold on to what they had but none of them are there anymore i could i i mean i don't disagree with any of that i i wouldn't say i i thought he was smiling but there's there's it, it's it's like a it's like an exhausted it's a smile but it's not and and him thinking you know it's gonna be all right he i don't know if he actually believes that but there's almost like I, I definitely saw the panic and then it seems like just this sort of relief of like where he just realizes I'm here, I'm alive and I'm actually, I'm back with Rex and the Jedi and stuff like that. And, you know, hoping for the best, but I don't know if maybe they were trying to also like plant a seed of doubt in the audience that maybe, you know, he might still be somehow, working for this, you know, programmed by the separatists, because we Which all know... Which makes sense, because next week... Yeah, other people are suspicious of that. it. And, yeah. they, and I, I think they might have been set... I don't think it, if they were trying to set it up as that with that scene, I don't think it worked as much. It just seemed more like an emotional scene, mm-hmm. which makes it seem less like it would, likely that it would be that way. But... Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's why that's such a good scene, though, because it can be taken so many different ways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's I mean they're getting I, so I good with doing with facial expressions. I don't disagree with you at all. I think like when you explain it like that, yeah, I see that too. I mean, I think that's what makes that end scene so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it can be taken so many. That's a, the, the probably the meatiest part of the whole episode right there, the last 2 seconds of silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is oh, the there's meme. some there's some music going on, you know. But no dialogue. Yeah, like actually, listeners, what do you? What, how did you take that last scene? Like, what what did you think about it? Because I, I think it can go so many different ways. And I, I've actually I've heard several people, because um, I've listened to Sky Talkers talk about this. I've listened to Star Wars Explained talk about this. I listened to Friends of the Force talk about this episode. So yeah, I think in each everybody had different takes on it. So listeners, what did you think about the end scene with Echo? Like, what what was your interpretation? I'd love to hear about it in the comments. So. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready to score it up. Score it up, Chris. Uh, it's funny. I can almost anticipate your score now by my score. I gave it, I, although I was like, I'm going to set the low point at 8.5. I actually, I ducked this one down to an eight. Okay. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fine episode. It's got some great visual stuff in it, but it's just a, good solid clone clone wars episode and in the 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 spectrum of this season it, so far this is my least favorite episode so eight out of ten yeah um i already kind of spoiled my score earlier in the episode um this is probably my least favorite episode of the season two um but it's not a bad episode it's fine um <laughs> It just has the least for me going on because it's just one really long battle. And it's it's fun. Mm -hmm. It feels like an old Clone Wars episode just heightened because it's in the final season. And it's beautiful. And it's beautifully animated. It's gorgeous. Um, I like the fight, scene, fight scenes. But that, that last echo scene is what really drives this one home for me. So my average score is usually a 7 for a very basic average episode. So I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I thought it was it's a fine episode. Seems about um, right, yeah. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook page for our episode from Star Wars Rebels, Doom. Take it away, Chris. All right. This one comes from Paul C. Kelly. Oh, yeah. That one was, was for Heather, who commented on it last week. I was back and forth on whether they wrote Price in Rebels as not as bright as she was in the Thrawn novel. Then again, in that book, she did blow up a city to cover up killing her own guy. Yeah, Ooh, she did. No. And like 10,000 other people with it. Thrawn, I noticed, seems to take a back seat in season four as a major threat. Yeah, he does. And it sucks. I think his high point was forcing someone to blow himself up, testing his purposely tampered bike. I forgot about that. It was gruesome. <laughs> gruesome. Yeah. This season, he gets pulled into the, into issues like discussing getting more funding for the TIE Defender. Boo, oh, economics. Boring. Economics suck. Ruck and Palpatine step up more here in season four, especially the Palp. I do he want to note something. That's um, right, the fuck up. Because I know what you're talking about with Price and Rebels uh, not being the same as she was in the Thrawn novels. 
And to me, the difference is, is that in the Thrawn novel, she's rising. So she has to be extra cunning to get to the top. And once she's at the top, you know, she settles into her power and her power just corrupts her. So I think that's really the difference is the Thrawn novel, we're seeing her rise to power. So she has to be extra cutthroat. And once she's in that position of power, she has to cutthroat those around her to keep her power. And once she does that major fuck up, she realizes that she's losing everything. So I don't think it's not, I I don't think it's a not as bright. I just think it's a different place of her story because there's a difference between rising in power and having power. And those are two very different stories that we see from Price. So that's all I wanted to say. Do you want to announce guests before or after Candy? Did we already announce them at the beginning? No, we hinted at it, but we didn't do a formal. Oh. You want to go ahead and do it now? Yeah. So next week, joining us on the episode that I don't remember the title of because it's not in front of me, but next week's episode to, for the final Bed Batch, we are being joined by two podcasters, two of our favorite people. We've been on their show twice, and we've only uh, and they haven't been on our show yet, and we're super excited to have them. We are joined by Bucho and Robbie from Sending the Clones. And they actually did a really interesting podcast. Their episodes are much shorter. They only did like 20. They released a podcast every day going through Clone Wars leading up to season seven. So their episodes are only like 15, 20 minutes long. But they're super nice guys. Uh, and Bucho is from New Zealand, so he has a rockin' accent. Um, but Butcher and Robbie are really great, and we're super excited to have them on the show next week. So they're our guests, and we can't wait to see you, Butcho and Robbie. We're so excited. So join us next week with them. Time for candy. What do you want to eat? Ooh, what do we got in here? There's a Halloween one. What's the Halloween one? You're purple in a bag. It says apple pie. Kit Kats. Let's be spooky. This episode's probably going to come out near Halloween. Let's be spooky. Apple pie. It's in a bag? Yeah, and they're purple. I'm looking. I'm looking. Spooky. There's also a banana with a banana one. The, ban- the banana stung. Do you oh, have a yes. purple apple pie? Or yes, apple pie Kit Kat? It's a Kit Kat, I should say. Yes, I do. You want to do that one? Yes. Yeah, because this episode will probably be out around Halloween. Um, so, our wonderful friend Dario sends us candy from all over the world to review because Chris is a weirdo who doesn't like American Kit Kats. And this week, we are doing, from Japan, the Halloween apple pies. Oh. Mine has a little ghost on it and it says Halloween. Happy mm. Halloween. It's similar to the Halloween ones my roommate got that were marshmallowy flavor. Ooh. They were were green. They smell like apples, Chris. They do. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's purple? Oh, you know, the apple in it reminds me a little bit of Apple Jacks cereal. Have you ever had Apple Jacks, cinnamon toasty Apple Jacks? Oh, yeah. Man, I haven't had Apple Jacks, and now I want Apple Jacks. It's interesting because this... the apple flavor's not in the chocolate, it's in the wafer. It's in the wafer, and it's got that just like edge of like almost like chewy sort of to, to the little. Yeah. Okay, so here's my breakdown of this the You have the wafer, which is the bread of the pie, and then the apple flavor is in the waffle, but the, the chocolate 
It's almost like the whipped cream you put on top of an yeah. apple pie or the ice cream. Yeah. It has that like creaminess of the ice cream or the whipped cream on top of an apple pie. Yeah, it's like apple pie that you eat at holidays with with ice cream. Mmm. Mmm. I associate that more with like Christmas and Thanksgiving, but Halloween, okay, uh, that's fine. I'll happily eat one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Dario, that is excellent. Thank you. Oh, that's so good. Mm, 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 mm. What are we talking about next week? Fall War season. The one season I haven't memorized the names of all these episodes yet. Next week will be Unfinished Business. Okay, so next week we are talking Unfinished Business with Bucho and Robbie. So, all right, well, where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's our website. And that's where we keep all our podcasts, including this one. And uh, you can also you can sign up for our RSS feeds there or at iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook, where we have the Two True Freaks podcast, where we also post all our shows up, and the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is sort of a forum hangout type of place. And if you are one of those tweeter Twitter people tweeting around, in the Twitter trash land, you can find Two True Freaks on Twitter, run by Gene Gene, the voiceover machine. Do, 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 Gene. I should say the voice actor Gene. Gene that was my best been, attempt at being a voice actor. Gene has just been act, uh, added to a production of uh, adaptation of the comic book's uh, Strangers in Paradise. Oh, so Gene joined voice the project. Actor. That's cool. He's going to be doing like um, incident. He wants to do like incidental characters, so he's probably going to play a whole bunch of different people. So he'll be. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, be, the, the Gene Gene, the multifaceted voice machine. <laughs> My poorest attempt at that. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be hearing more about that production as it goes along. That's going really well. Yeah, it sounds really cool, you guys. I wasn't sure if we could talk about it yet, but it sounds really cool. Yep, we are officially in production. But that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. I, of course, have my website, geekygirlexperience.com, which I actually read a little bit from today. And part of that is Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I first Chris Honeywell to watch Gravity Falls currently. And we're having a good time. We're actually recording the finale of season one tomorrow. You know, when you say uh, I run our Twitter, I almost want to go like, Vodio, Dio, Do, Hope. <laughs> Help! Please don't. <laughs> Just no, did, but I won't fun. do it again. Actually, no, I kind of liked it. Maybe not the Vodio, but the, uh, like if it was like Opio. But, oh no, that sounds like opioids. I th- Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that was actually like something people used to say in the 20... 20- 20s like 23 skidoo actually uh my, my buddy cody always calls me hopity hopity hope that's how he goes so, like when i see him he'll just be like so, it's hopity hopity hope so hopity, it could hopity, be like hope hope <laughs> yeah yeah a little repetitive but that's okay yeah but whenever cody sees me he goes hopity hopity hope <laughs> so, 
But yeah, uh, Chris and I have Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. You can hear us talk about Gravity Falls over there. Um, we're having a really good time doing it, and I'm super excited about Chrising the finale tomorrow, guys. Have you about, watched it yet? How about Soapy Soap on a Rope Hope? Have you watched the finale tomorrow? For tomorrow? No, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, no, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been crunched for time this weekend, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I I was gonna watch it this afternoon, and then I got, I got caught up, and I was like, you know what, I need about an hour of cat time, so I took an hour of cat time. That's totally fine, you you have until tomorrow at (laughs) 8pm, so you have time. I gotta squeeze 22 minutes in there somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not like it's Clone Wars where it takes me forever to do it, but yeah, that's where no, you can I find can me. No, I, I can do it in the course of like lunch, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm very excited. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And I guess join us next week with our guests Bujo and Robbie. And guys, go check yes. out their podcast. It's called Send in the Clones. They're the nicest guys. I'm so excited that you guys get to hear them. They are just the sweetest. Go give them a listen. I guess I'll see you next week. When you'll be giving us a listen and them a listen. Anyway, and we'll be listening go listen together. to them on their turf. Yeah. And, and we, we have done two episodes with them. Um, so you can definitely, if you want to like kind of prepare, uh, you can hear our two episodes with them too. We did. If, if you're shy and you need Hope and I there first, you know, you can listen to those episodes too. And then you'll be, they're, they're very friendly. And after, after, I think after just one episode with me and Hope, you guys will be ready to hang out with them alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find them. Um, but yeah, Bucho and Robbie. Look up Bucho and Robbie send in the clowns, because that's the best way to find them. Um, and yeah, good give them a listen. They're really, really, really super, 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 super sweet guys. And it was fun, because Bucho was watching for the first time, and Robbie has already seen Clone Wars three times. So... <laughs> it was a very interesting dynamic, but... We were I like well they have a different dynamic than you and I but they see a lot of the uh, I, I I just like when we talk with them I feel like we're on the same page with them on a lot of stuff and I I just love discussing stuff with them it's great we were actually on their last episode with them like that was their final episode because um it's called mission accomplish featuring hope and Chris from J guys and Jedi um and we talked about all of season seven so if you want to hear kind of a preview of what we thought about season seven um, we talked about all of season seven with them and stuff, so. <laughs> all right, yes, guys. but now we get to go in deep. Yes. Oh, and they did movie, too. Ooh, I didn't know they did movie commentaries. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I would love to hear that. My. Ooh, 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 fun. All right, guys, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end 
space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off? Good, well that ought to hold the little bastards.